You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour two on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We'll dive on, dive into the Zion Williamson situation. I warned you, and I don't think he plays this year. Also, Kyrie came back in a big way. Kyrie had 22 points as uh, the Nets beat the Pacers. In that game, Lance Stevenson, who's been out of the NBA for a while, he scored 20 points in the first quarter coming off the bench. The most points in the first quarter by a non-starter since 1996. I don't know why he's been out of the league. He's 31 years of age. I'm watching the game and I go, is that the Lance Stevenson who used to be in the NBA? And I'm like, yes, it is. Uh, Kyrie, though, played well, and uh, the Nets came up with the victory. We'll talk to Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. He'll join us coming up here in a little bit. Aaron Rodgers jabs back at the Chicago sports writer. Antonio Brown is burning down the house. He said Bruce Arians pressured him to play while injured, and uh, despite the pain, he suited up. The staff injected me with what I now know was a powerful and sometimes dangerous painkiller that the NFL Players Association has warned against using. I gave it my all for the team. Paulie? Dan, Antonio Brown's uh, Twitter feed today has been quite entertaining this morning. He took some shots like at Alex Guerrero. uh, I guess Tom Brady's business partner, not just doctor, business partner. Yeah, his trainer. He's since taken that post down and said... Don't get it twisted, as Antonio Brown. Don't get it twisted. My brother's always been good to me. From Tom to the practice squad, we're a top-level unit. He's trying to backtrack and say, I'm not calling out Tom Brady and Alex Guerrero. Okay, there was a moment in that game against the Jets, and I told this to Paulie because Paulie sent a text out to all of us as we're watching the game. He said, I think Antonio Brown is checked out. Now, this is before you had the let me take off my clothes. But – it felt like there was around six and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. And Antonio Brown is on the bench and Tom Brady walks by and he says something to Antonio Brown. He had another player next to him, but Tom went down towards Antonio Brown saying something to him. And Antonio Brown just sort of nodded his head. And I thought, wow, something's up there. Now I didn't know it was going to lead to what it led to, but I thought there, there was a, it, it felt like Antonio Brown was dismissing Tom Brady. And, you know, we later found out that Antonio Brown, I think, was upset that now that Gronk was back, that he said to him, you know, hey, you know, with your boy back, you're uh, going to Gronk. And, and maybe he felt like he was going to Gronk far more than he should have. But he had, the previous week, 15 targets. He had 10 catches. And now he was, you know, being sort of uh, iced out here, which wasn't the case. It found, you know, we found out that Antonio Brown couldn't, couldn't go full speed. But there, it was that moment. I think it's six minutes and 36 seconds to go, third quarter. And, and Antonio Brown looks like he is done for the day. He's got his arms spread out on the bench. And Tom walks by and says something to him. And I don't know if it was, can I count on you? Yeah, I need you. But I, we're probably not going to find out. But this whole thing is, you know, it's played out the way it's played out in other, other stops for Antonio Brown. In different ways. But at the end, he takes somebody down with him. Mike Mayock, the GM with the Raiders. 
Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin with the Steelers, Robert Kraft with the Patriots, and now Bruce Arians. But it feels like Antonio Brown is putting his story out there. He wants you to know his side of the story. Uh, let's see. Anything? Oh, uh, we're going to dive into this topic. Super Bowl backup plans could be Dallas, Texas. We'll uh, tell you about that coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Your phone calls uh, coming up. You know, when the Pelicans drafted Zion, they expected to get a transcendent star. And he was that first season. Hasn't played a single season, uh, single game this season. And uh, I don't know if he's going to play again this season. You got the foot injury. He had off-season foot surgery. And when I saw the story, I was like, that's, that's not something simple for a guy that size who uses his body inside the explosive nature of how he plays. You know, the Pelicans have one of the worst records in the Western Conference. You got that big contract extension on the horizon with Zion. It'll be about $181 million. You know, now he's going to go to Portland and he's going to, you know, rehab. You got to have somebody keep an eye on him with his rehab, also his weight, because there's reports that he ballooned over 300 pounds. But, you know, the Pelicans with Zion in that future, boy, that is in great doubt right now. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated joins us uh, on the program. How do you think this plays out with Zion? Yeah, as far as this year, we, we certainly are trending in that direction. The latest news about Zion doesn't really give you much reason to be optimistic. He's going to be back, say, before the All-Star break. And if you get past the All-Star break and the Pelicans are still in a situation where they are at or near the bottom of the Western Conference, you start to wonder, what's the point? I mean, if you want to add more talent around Zion, why not let him sit out this entire year and you know add something for next year? But longer term, it is curious. I mean, it's not unprecedented, Dan, to have a player with a long-term injury work out away from a team. That happens uh, in basketball, and I'm sure in other sports. But there's just there's always been kind of this uh, unease, perhaps. Uh, I don't know how else you want to phrase it, but some some tenuousness between Zion and the Pelicans. So when you hear he's going to be rehabbing in Portland, Oregon, on the other side of the country, away from this team. And the Pelicans, quick to point out in that release, he'll be doing it under their medical supervision. You have to wonder kind of what exactly is going on between these two. Who plays first, Zion or Ben Simmons? I I still think Ben Simmons will get moved before the trade deadline. If he's not, somehow, some way, he'll find his way back into the Philadelphia lineup. Now, you know, there were some reports over Christmas about traction between Simmons or the Sixers and other teams involving Simmons. I haven't heard much of that lately. Uh, The Sixers are still holding out for a significant offer that includes, you know, all-star level talents that can help them this year. And teams around the league, at least at this point, are not willing to offer it. I think you're going to see um, this go all the way up until the February trade deadline. Cause I don't think the six are getting the kind of offers that they're looking for. And they won't get those kind of offers until we get right up against that deadline. 
I was watching Kyrie last night, and I've never had any doubts about his talent. You know, I have doubts about some of the things that he believes in, but here he is on display, and he looks spectacular last night. Uh, what do you think the status is going to be the rest of this season? You know, if he's just a, a road player, and if you're the Nets, do you want a fifth seed or a sixth seed where you're playing more road games in the playoffs? than you would if you're a top four seed? Well, as far as seeding goes, and, and I've kind of had sort of casual conversation with people in Brooklyn about that, uh, that's not a, a variable. I mean, they one of the responses I get is that who says we can't win in six games? Like, you know, they, they believe that these three guys have enough talent for them, you know, not to be forced into that seven-game situation. And you look at it, I mean, Kyrie was brilliant, as you said last night. 22 points, shot better than 50% from the floor in his first game that he's played competitively in many months at this point. And if you go back to last season, I mean, the offensive rating for Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant in the 202 minutes they played was about 119. In the playoffs, that number spiked to an absurd 130 in limited minutes that they played together in the postseason. So they are great offensively together. I think, look, the Nets are going to keep him around. They're going to keep him in the practice facility, keep him going as a part-time player because they don't know. I mean, Dan, by this time tomorrow, would it surprise you if Kyrie just got vaccinated? Like his, his vaccination is going to happen without any fanfare. He's probably going to walk into a Walgreens and just get vaccinated on a whim. Like, so that, you know, Kyrie didn't dismiss that possibility during his interviews last night. So that's out there. Also out there is the possibility that the New York City mayor, the new mayor, Eric Adams, could tweak this mandate. Now, this isn't an argument about vax or anti-vax, Dan, but the New York City mandate is ridiculous. The fact that Kyrie Irving can't play, but the 3% of other NBA players who are unvaccinated can come into Barclays Center and play is absurd. Yeah. So if I'm the Nets, in addition to kind of crossing our fingers and hoping James Harden and Kevin Durant can convince Kyrie Irving to get vaccinated or Kyrie can do it on his own, I'm kind of lobbying City Hall and saying, look, you know, if you want to make this vaccine mandate, that's fine. We believe in public health too, but make it fair across the board. If unvaccinated players are coming in here who presumably pose the exact same health risk as Kyrie Irving, they shouldn't be allowed to play either. We're talking to Chris Mannix, uh, Sports Illustrated NBA senior writer. Clay Thompson coming back. It looks like they're uh, pinpointing Sunday. His addition means what for this team this year? I mean, even if it's 75, 80% of the Clay Thompson we're used to, it's enormous. And, you know, when I talk to people in and around Golden State, all you hear is how great he looks and, you know, how patient they have been with him kind of trying to work him back to being as close to game shape as possible. Now the things to watch for with Clay Thompson earlier, are not going to be the three point shot. Like he has been working on that shot. You know, he's been able to do that for weeks and weeks, if not months now, Clay, what made him a great all around player were two other facets to his game. One, he was able to use the threat of the three point shot to ball fake, get to the basket, pull up from mid-range. Does he have that same spring on that move to the basket? That's the first one. And defensively, 
Clay was a high-level defensive guy, you know, for most of his years. And the, and the uh, Warriors, I think right now, top two in the NBA in defensive efficiency. Is he that same type of guy? If he's, again, 75 80% of what he once was, I mean, they're basically getting back an all-star-ish level player. If he's lost a little bit and can't get that back, at least not this season, that's something Golden State will have to adjust to. I'm federally mandated to ask you uh, about LeBron James and the Lakers. LeBron's been playing great, but I, I don't think he can play great enough, though. Your uh, your assessment of the Lakers now we're into January. It's You're hard-pressed to find or to look for a pathway that sees them making a deep run in the playoffs right now. Um, you know, the Lakers are active out there on the trade market. I had one GM say to me two nights ago is like, you know, why do we keep hearing about the type of players the Lakers can acquire for this Taylor Horton, Tucker, Kendrick, Nunn first round draft pick kind of poo poo platter that, that is being sort of floated out there as, as a possibility. Yeah. Horton Tucker is an appealing prospect, but if you're looking at some of the top names that are out there, whether it's Jeremy Grant. In Detroit, maybe Christian Wood down in Houston. Those teams are going to have better offers uh, for the Lakers. I think for L.A., their only hope for, I guess, salvation this season is if Anthony Davis comes off this injury and gets back to looking like the bubble Anthony Davis. We haven't seen that player, Dan, in you know over a year now. I mean, he was pretty good last year, and you can certainly make the argument that if he doesn't get hurt, uh, in the first round, the Lakers are in the finals last season, but he has not been the same player this year. His perimeter shooting has fallen off a cliff. Look, he's got to be their full-time five, and he has got to be a highly effective full-time five. DeAndre Jordan really doesn't have a lot left. Dwight Howard really doesn't have a lot left. I mean, I know we're kind of getting excited about this LeBron James as a five kind of op- option, but that's not going to work long-term, especially not when you go up against bigger teams in the postseason. The Lakers. Whenever Anthony Davis comes back, he has got to be a top five player in the NBA. And I'm not sure, based on what I've seen this season, that he has that in him. Great to talk to you again, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Not bad for the least valuable guest of 2021. You heard about that, huh? I was sent that clip by no fewer than three people. (laughs) But you're an award winner. Is that like a Razzie? Kind of. Kind of. I, uh, and, you know, I didn't vote. I did not vote on the least valuable guest, but we love having you on. It's all right. I've, uh, I've now signed an exclusive deal with Maggie and Perloff, so I'll, uh, I'll be talking to you <laughs> You're again. leaving. You're going to join McLevin. Okay. I am. Good luck am. with that. Good luck with Thank that. Thank you, Dan. This might be the last time we see or hear from Chris Mannix. Ah, he's so good. <laughs> So bad that he's good. I forgot all about that. That Mannix was voted least valuable guest. <laughs> Did we vote on that? I think it was a group decision. It was. And then the listeners backed us to the hill. No, of course they did. All right. Uh, one of our favorite guests, Ross Tucker, is going to join us coming up. Get his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Brown. Nice. By the way, Sunday night, the season finale, the regular season finale, winning you're in, Chargers. In Las Vegas, you can see it all unfold. Starts at 7 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Take a break. Back after this Dan Patrick Show. 
Discover the Discover credit card, and what you'll discover is Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn. That's amazing. Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. As I found out over the holidays, quite a few places. 99% of the places in the United States taking credit cards take Discover. So when it comes to that credit card, get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitation supply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. <coughs> Something went down the wrong pipe. What, what, do you have a sandwich? <laughs> what are you eating, fries? Some almonds? <coughs> you guys take it. So, uh, back, Paul, on, back on the show. How's it going? What do you think of uh, Antonio Brown, huh? That's something. Dan, you want a bigger glass of water? <laughs> yeah, that would be good. All right, let's get that. Hold on. I have lozenges if you need. Thank you, Todd. Uh, update the poll results. <laughs> the poll results are as follows. Which of the following will happen first? Kyrie plays a home game, 60%. Zion returns from injury, 20%. Deshaun Watson returns, gets 20%. A.B. plays zero. Ben Simmons returns also a zero at this time. Zero point zero. Thank you, Todd. Nobody believes Antonio Brown is going to play or Ben Simmons is going to return anytime soon. A couple of phone calls before we get to Ross Tucker. Clyde in uh, Wisconsin. Hi, Clyde. Hey, D.P. Hope you're doing all right, buddy. Um, <clears throat> first time, long time. Five eight two fifteen. Just want to add. Thank you. Just want to add something to this Hubbarkus story, and it's kind of ironic. Um, every week, the Packers have a two-hour pregame on the radio, and every week they interview Hubbarkus, basically for his insights on the NFL, you know, other stories. But then at the end, they all ask him what his thoughts are for the Packer game. So I find it really ironic that you know he's in the news now about criticizing Rodgers, but he's on the Packer pregame every week. All right. Well, thank you, Clyde. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Hub's been around the Chicago media and running Pro Football Weekly forever, and he goes on other shows and helps other local broadcasts. And he's been on the the Bears pregame show for years on WBBM. He's been on Packers shows, and but like you said, when he was on the Score the other day, that was home field, and and they had asked him about his MVP vote because you know most times people don't even know who's who the MVP voters are, and it just he probably was never asked about it before. Yeah. Well, plus you're, you know, it's a home field advantage. You're there in Chicago and you get loose and you, you, you know, hey, you want to entertain the host. You know, they want to, you know, tangle up a little bit here. And, hey, how you feeling? Who's your MVP? And then he starts on his rant about Aaron Rodgers. Ross Tucker joins us. Always great to talk to Ross, the host of the Ross Tucker football podcast every weekday. Follow him on Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. Got an issue with what Hub Arkish said publicly about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I do, Dan. Um, and I know Hub. I've done some games on Westwood One with him. First of all, there should be no bias when you are making any of these votes. But let's be honest, there always is. That's like the first thing I learned in college is that whether it's conscious or subconscious, Everybody has an inherent bias. I mean, Hub Arkish just kind of said the quiet part out loud. I know for a fact 
certain guys that don't vote for guys for the Hall of Fame the first year because they don't like them because they were jerks and they don't want them to get in on the first ballot. They don't want them to get in at all. So this kind of stuff happens a lot more than any of us realize. And I'm not going to get all up in arms about Hub Arkish because, to be honest, Dan, in my opinion, he really just said what's already been going on and already happens for years. But has Aaron Rodgers been detrimental to his team in any way? Well, yeah, I mean, he missed a game. Uh, he missed a game, and it could have been a very costly game, a very important game. They probably win that game in Kansas City against the Chiefs if Aaron Rodgers plays. I personally think that is one knock against him for the MVP. I hear a lot people say, well, that Chiefs game proved how valuable he was. That Chiefs game proved that he's the MVP. Wait a minute. wait. I don't think it should help you or your case for the MVP if you miss one. There's only 17 of them. And you miss one, think about what that would have meant for a baseball player or a basketball player. And how your backup does when you don't play should not have an impact on MVP. Look, I'm pretty confident, Dan, if Brady didn't play, that Blaine Gabbert would stink up the joint. Is that what we need? Do we need Brady to sit out a game and have Gabbert go out there and play bad to see how valuable Brady is? I I think it's funny. Look, I think Aaron Rodgers has a great argument for being the MVP. He probably is. I don't blame anybody that votes for him. But Brady has more touchdowns, more completions, more yards. They've got one less win. He's had guys banged up too. He's got guys get hurt and not play. I just think it's funny. What happened is Brady got shut out by the Saints. Rodgers hasn't had any bad games down the stretch. You know, these awards turn into like, what happens the last four weeks when I'm actually paying attention? Oh, Brady got shot by – it's like when he got shot up by the Saints, Dan, it's like they turned the light off yeah. on the Brady MVP camp. Like just – he's done, shut it off, over. Let's move on to the Jonathan Taylor. Well put. I was also wondering about this, that it feels like – once again, this is fluid. It's like week to week. Aaron Rodgers might realize how good he has it in Green Bay. Because he might not like the front office, but the front office is very good at drafting players. They may not have drafted the right player with Jordan Love, but you play the Bears, the Lions, and the Vikings. You have six games against them. Why would you want to leave that? Like, you want to go to Denver, uh, whatever it is. I, I keep coming back to Green Bay still has... Offensive line, the defense is, you know, one of the top five. You're getting star players back. You got Devontae Adams there. What is it that he's going to that's going to be so much better than Green Bay? Yeah, I think a lot of things have happened and and will happen over the next few weeks that will affect his mindset there. I think the Roethlisberger send-off had an impact on him. I mean, how could it not, right? I think that is something that he will factor in. I think the fact that Wait, it meaning, as if the meaning general... the, em- the embracement of the fans in that Cal Ripken victory lap, is that that's what you mean it'll have an impact on Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, I think it would be it would be a little bit unnatural to look at that and not think I would want that. 
Like, I mean, I was a, obviously a seven-year journeyman O-lineman, so, but I watched that and been like, man, that must be awesome. Yeah. Like, that must be really, really cool. And, you know, if you leave to go to another team, you never really get that. I do think he realizes how good the team is in Green Bay. It does appear as if, you know, he just wanted say. He just wanted to say. And when they went out and got Randall Cobb and some of the other things they've done, they're, they've given him that say. So he's kind of got what he wanted. That said, Dan, if they lose in the playoffs again and it's a special teams issue or defense, maybe he'll still want to leave. What I find interesting is the Jordan Love component of it because a lot of people always thought that this would be the offseason that the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers. But if he wins the MVP again or maybe they win the Super Bowl – they can't trade him. I mean, they're not going to want to trade him. It might be time for Jordan Love to go somewhere else. Antonio Brown situation. I said, you know what? Everybody got what they deserved here. That they did win a Super Bowl. You were playing with fire. He's burnt down buildings and three other stops here, and he's doing the same thing in Tampa Bay. Now, I have to look at both sides. As much as I love Bruce Arians, I think Bruce is being disingenuous when he says he didn't know about Antonio Brown's ankle injury. The guy was limited in practice, didn't practice a couple of days. He was questionable for the game. And I don't know if he checked out of that game. There was a moment where I thought Brady walking down the bench and you could see where Antonio Brown had his arms up on the bench and it looked like he had basically checked out of the game before he uh, – kind of lit the, the the fuse here. So I, I don't know how this plays out. He said that he was told that, you know, hey, you got to get shot up with a dangerous drug here. I don't think you spend a decade in the NFL and you don't know about Toradol. But is Antonio, do you think he has a case here against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that he can get paid, get released, and maybe play with somebody else? Well, uh, that's certainly what he's trying to do. Um, I got a bunch of thoughts on this, Dan. You know, first of all, one of his main problems is Antonio Brown's lost the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Right? I mean, there have been so many things over the last three years that even with these text messages he's sending out, even if he's 100% right in this situation, I think he'll have a tough time in the court of public opinion because of a couple of different things. Number one, everything that's happened up until this point, but also, Dan, I've seen guys with bad ankles. I've seen guys with ankle sprains, whatever. They're not exiting like he exited that game. They're not jumping up and down in the end zone. Like, he, like if you have an ankle injury, you're, that, that ankle's bothering you and you're limping on it. He didn't show any limp or anything in the end zone, which I think also hurts his cause. And, I, and here's the last thing, which I think is the most important. I played for five teams, Dan. There are some guys who don't play or try not to play because of injury, but it's really more mental than physical, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, they have an injury, but what's preventing them from actually going out there is what they're thinking in their head about the injury as opposed to the physical malady itself. I had a guy one time, I'm not going to embarrass him, but this guy was a high pick. He would do whatever it took to try to not play in the game. I mean, there were times where I can remember the head coach 
flipping out on the orthopedic surgeon because all of a sudden the guy didn't, wasn't going to play that day and he was supposed to. He practiced that week. I remember one time we were playing, a t- we were playing in San Francisco and they did fireworks before the game. And we're all standing there, and it's it's foggy. It was candlestick. There's a little bit of fog there. All of a sudden, we're about to go out there, Dan, for the first series. And this same guy is like, oh, oh, my eyes, my eyes. The fireworks (laughs) got in my eyes. Like, I can't play. I'm not. I swear to God. And the trainers gave him his helmet. They lift, they, they helped him off the bench and they're like, you're fine. Go out there. You're fine. Like they like pushed him out there. Like he, he did not want to, I mean, we were all, we were laughing, but that, that was him. Wow. So I think how we can balance Arian side and Antonio Brown side is that he did have an ankle issue. By the way, everybody playing at this point in the season has an issue. Everybody has at least one thing bothering them. I can assure you. Otherwise, what have you been doing the whole time? And I think Arians thought it was Antonio Brown mentally not going back out there as opposed to because of the ankle. And I think with Antonio Brown's history, I can totally understand why Arians felt that way. Talking to Ross Tucker, the uh, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast He's going to uh, take part in the national championship game between Montana State and North Dakota State. I love that. And that uh, will be noon on Saturday on Westwood One. He's got the Chargers-Raiders game on Sunday night also on Westwood One. Paulie, how many times did Ross Tucker play in San Francisco? Well, you'd think a lot with the long career. Uh, I got you as one road game in San Francisco, Ross, in 2004 with the Buffalo Bills. I was on the team for Washington in 2002 when we played out there as well. But I don't think I – I think that was the first game of my career I was inactive. However, you don't know whether or not that was the firework game or not. So the the I-team – Can we we guess – Okay, can we guess the player who didn't want to play because he had smoke in his eyes? Um, Look – you could probably Google it. I don't, you know, I don't know if that story's ever been told, but it was, it was hilarious. Paulie, can you guess? Is the I team on this the player? Is it a a good player, a really good player, or a role well? But you mean he was a high pick? Ross said he was a high draft pick. There's names like Takeo Spikes. That no, does... no, it's a wide receiver. Oh. A wide receiver. Is that no, right? No, I didn't say it was a wide receiver. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> no. Okay. So it's not Eric Moltz. You guys are so good at this. You guys always try to get – I don't look. I don't want to embarrass the guy. He hasn't played for a while. He was a nice guy. Uh, he was really into video games. I'm sure he's got a great life now. I don't, I don't want to embarrass him any further. I probably talked about him on other shows before. What, what, has, what does playing video games have to do with this? He's a good guy. He plays video games? Um, he was more intense about playing <laughs> video games in the player's lounge than he was on the field, and that is a fact. Okay. He got more animated playing Halo in the player's lounge than he ever did on the field, ever. Oh, that's so good. I like how you don't want to embarrass the guy, talk about him, but now you keep adding more layers to this. Paulie? It wasn't Lee Evans, was it? I'm not saying. 
I'm not saying I'm not saying because it just does. And by the way, it's, it's better. It's like the whole Franco Harris immaculate reception. Yeah, well, it's like, not, it'll make not the story the go longer. Not, not quite the same. <laughs> <laughs> not not quite. But uh, it'll make the story go on longer, and you guys will spend more time trying to figure out who it is if I don't tell you who it is. All right, Chargers Raiders final game of the regular season, and that will come down to what in this game. Yeah, I think it'll come down to the last drive. And I got to be honest with you, I, I, I kind of give the, the benefit of the doubt there to the Raiders. You know, the Raiders have won, I got to check my notes, they've won two or three overtime games this year. Derek Carr has been very clutch in those moments late in games. We saw that again against the Colts on Sunday. Herbert has had an unbelievable year, you know, setting franchise records with touchdown passes. But I guess I kind of feel like, even though Herbert's more talented, I kind of feel like Derek Carr is more clutch, or at least he has been this year. If it comes down to a, you know, whoever has the ball last, I think it will. I, I think the Raiders, I'm actually surprised that they are underdogs at home in this game. You've been on the Derek Carr bandwagon, though, for a while, haven't you? So impressed by him this year. You know, not only, Dan, the way he's kept that team afloat, after the Gruden thing and the Henry Ruggs thing and Arnett, you know, they, they, this team could have collapsed so many times. And it felt like Derek Carr has willed them to this point. But if you remember after the Henry Ruggs uh, terrible, terrible accident, I don't know if you guys talked about it, but to hear Derek Carr say, you know, I'm going to love Henry Ruggs right now because somebody needs to, after he obviously did, uh, a horrible, hor- I, I'm just really impressed by Derek Carr as a human being. I never even met him. I saw him before the Cowboys game. I didn't say anything to him. I don't think I've ever even met him. I'm very impressed from afar hmm. by the way he carries himself. Yeah. But what is it? What's he missing that he he kind of gets lumped in the Kirk Cousins category? Yeah. It's funny because I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I think he's 8, 9, or 10. I think... Uh, when you are a guy that, number one, doesn't have any wow physical traits, so he does not Josh Allen or Herbert's arm or Stafford's arm, doesn't have any wow physical traits, and has not had postseason success, that is the double whammy. That When, when you have those two things, that you're always going to have your group of people that say, he sucks, man. He sucks. Like Kirk Cousins, he sucks. Derek Carr, he sucks. Like unless you do things that wow them or you have playoff success, you're going to be – now listen, there's 20 teams in the NFL that would take Derek Carr as their quarterback. There's 15 that would take Kirk Cousins. But yet those guys still get a lot of the ire from fans because of exactly what I just mentioned. Great to talk to you. Safe travels, Ross, as always. Thank you for joining us. Oh, oh, my eyes, man. My eyes, I can't <laughs> That's Ross Tucker, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. So he's on the call for the FCS National Title Game. Westwood won at noon. Montana oh. State, North Dakota State. I'll be watching that. And on the call for the Chargers-Raiders game. And that's also Sunday night on Westwood One. Why is it whenever we have that voice, when we're, that guy sucks. Like, he, we always use the same voice, the same tone when we're talking about somebody. 
Like a, a dopey voice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah, Paulie. That's the same voice as the sports radio uh, a weird trade guy. Could I send oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo for eight draft picks? Yeah, I'll, I'll hang, hang up, up and listen. listen. We'll take a break <laughs> back after this. If you want to achieve your health and fitness goals, you got to put in the work. you got to do it every day. And that's why I support my daily workouts with M-Drive, the supplement for driven guys with no plans on slowing down even as you get older. M-Drive's special blend of clinically tested herbs and vitamins supports your body's natural testosterone production. You get the energy and the strength and the mental boost you need to compete every single day. Now, M-Drive does not contain testosterone. Instead, it helps your body maintain its natural testosterone production. So you have that strength and energy to focus and complete your day with the best of them. You can get M-Drive at Walgreens, Rite Aid, and Vitamin Shop or danpatrick.com, mdrivedan.com. Free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose. M-Drive is not for everyone. It's for the driven. mdrivedan.com. Healthy T-support, strength, energy you need to fuel your daily drive. Pick it up at Walgreens, Rite Aid, or Vitamin Shop, or mdrivedan.com. Don't let age beat you. Refind your prime with M-Drive. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Carmen and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts make sure you sign up for the dan patrick show newsletter available daily around six eastern three pacific sign up go to danpatrick.com put in your email address in the box that slides out bottom right corner of your screen and you get a great recap of the day's shows we also have specials on there that you only get when you're signed up for the newsletter all right uh, we'll get an update on the poll results so far uh first uh, two hours of this program we have the FCS title game coming up on Saturday. What's the point spread with North Dakota State and Montana State? Okay, that's a nooner, noon Eastern on ESPN2. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montana State's 12-2. and two. North Dakota State has a loss. They usually don't. They're 13-1. North Dakota State, a seven-point favorite over under 42. And they're playing at home. That is a – no, they play that one in oh, Frisco, that's right. Texas. That's right, Frisco, that, Texas. That nice stadium north of Dallas. Yeah, Frisco, Texas. I kind of wish it was in uh, a cold-weather place. The one double A FCS playoffs. Yeah, but they play indoors at North Dakota State. They can't retract that bad boy. The I Fargo don't Dome? think so. They don't have a rollback. I don't think they do. God, what a home field advantage! I mean, not that they need it, but the Bison with snow. Yeah, yeah. The the teams that like the Minnesota Vikings that you would think they used to have that as a home field advantage, and then you go indoors. Now you take away that home field advantage. It'd be like if they put a dome over Lambeau. Not in the not in the works. That would never happen. Uh, the title game, Georgia, even though they're the three seed, is a two and a half point favorite over Alabama. Yeah, as of right now. Okay. By the way, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Uh, Corey in Ohio. Hi, Corey. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Hi, Corey. 
Uh, I had a poll question idea. Ooh. More influential, Yao Ming or Dirk? Oh, wow. You know, Dirk, a, a better player, but what Yao did opening up a whole different part of the world to the NBA. I would say, uh, and thank you, Corey, for the phone call and this suggestion. I would say Yao Ming. I mean, Dirk on the court with what he's meant to big men being able to shoot on the perimeter, but Yao Ming opening up China. Um, although I don't know how open China is right now with the NBA, but uh, used to be. I mean, that's big business. Billions are made there. And players love going to China. Players who have their own shoe, like they love going to China because they know China moves some merchandise over there. Andrew in Washington is back. Hi, Andrew. Five six one seventy, Dan. Yeah. All right. If if Todd doesn't mind, my favorite Danette, I'd like to give him some poll question advice. So instead of waiting each day, putting the pressure on him, I know he doesn't do well with pressure right on his shoulders. <laughs> um, don't look for a poll question each morning. Plan ahead. So there's a certain LeBron James fella. You might have heard of him. That he's only four steals away from getting tenth place in all-time steals, taking Alvin Robertson's place. Now, when he does that, he'll be top 10 in scoring and steals. And Paulie might know this, but there's one other NBA player that's top 10 in scoring and steals. And there's a, there's a tunnel to a poll question right there in the future. All right. Who's better, LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Clicks all day. <laughs> <laughs> nice poll question. I don't know if it's been done before, but just throwing wow. it out there. No, nobody's thought of that one. Wow. Thank you, Andrew. Who's better? Andrew. <laughs> Hello. Oh, Andrew Perloff. Andrew, maybe calling from Washington. Do you think that was Pearl McLevin calling in? Uh, LeBron's going to end up with the best career. But he's played in a whole lot more games. But, you know, that's a credit to him, you know, that he's kept himself in shape. I don't think he wins the MVP this year, which would make him the oldest MVP at 37. But he's going to probably be in the top three. He should be with what he's done. But I do think that he ends up with the, the best resume in NBA history. Now, you can make a case for others as far as resumes. You know, Bill Russell statistically wasn't a great scorer, shooter, but, you know, he won the, the titles. Kareem, to me, is one of the most underrated players in the history of the game with his resume. And you can make a case that Kareem is the greatest player of all time. If I factor in college and the NBA, then Kareem, to me, uh, is would be the greatest player I've ever seen. Dominant. Um you got Mike. Mike won six titles. Can't argue with that. But LeBron is going to, statistically, is going to have, I think, the greatest basketball career in history. By the time he's all done with assists, steals, and points, I mean, pretty much every category. Games played, playoff games played, and, and, and it's commonplace for him to average 27 a game. And we talked about this, that he wants to play until his son gets into the NBA. We said this years ago. How long is he going to play? I said he'll play as long as he can until his son gets into the NBA. Also, maybe LeBron ends his career on another team with the opportunity to be part of an ownership group. I think that's something to keep an eye on. 
Super Bowl may be moving to Dallas? Question mark. Mike Florio joins us coming up. One more item. We close out hour two and LifeLock is here to at least let you know about something called Scareware. And it sounds just like it is scary. A scam that uses scare tactics in the form of pop-up ads and they get you to believe that your computer has a security problem and the fix is to purchase or download their software. Cyber criminals then gain access to your computer, steal your personal information. Every day we put so much information at risk on the internet. That's why it's great that you have LifeLock available. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. And if they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they send you an alert and then you have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor transactions at all businesses, but protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now, save up to 25% off your first year. Promo code Patrick, 1-800-LIFELOCK, lifelock.com, promo code Patrick for 25% off. 